Welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Schimpoli, APPA News Director. Joining us on this episode is John Beasley, Vice President for Training and Safety at Electric Cities of Georgia, and Mike Willits, Director of Training and Safety at the Minnesota Municipal Utilities Association. John and Mike are here to discuss the release of the newest edition of APPA Safety Manual, which is now available to APPA members. John and Mike, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Um, so, so guys, just to get our conversation started, could one of you um, or both of you provide an overview of the safety manual, you know, including its history, how often it's updated, and, and what it covers? The APPA safety manual, I believe, actually started back in 1955. Believe it or not, I was not on that group. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I got involved back in 92, 1992. So it's, I guess, working right at 30 years. And it's just a it's a it's a good, well-rounded uh, utility safety manual. Uh, I've looked at a lot of different safety manuals. In fact, when I I started mm-hmm. at the Electric Cities of Georgia, I actually created our own safety manual. But then later uh, later on, went ahead and went to APPA because it just it was such a good manual, and I think it benefits having a a diverse group on the committee. So, and you know, we try to update it every four to five years. So this uh, this round we. Uh, we matched in with the NESC code cycle. The COVID put us back about a year. So I just think it's a wide, it covers a wide range from office workers to substations, to linemen, to, you know, communications people. So Mike, did you want to add anything? Sure. I, you know, nice job, John. You know, John and I have been together on this manual for uh, a lot of years. Like you said, you know, roughly 30 years. The only thing I would add what that he's saying is is how things have changed you know with you know far as how the group is is managed and so on i think uh, you know over the past 30 years we've created a a much better process uh through for changes and so on we've we've refined it if you will and uh from from soliciting the membership you know for information to create the creation of the smart force i think was a big one it it I'm not sure many how many years ago now. It's probably 15 years ago, maybe or so, when we created the the Smart Force. But it really uh, helped us ensure that uh, everybody had the right expertise to be on there. And like John mentioned, you know that we have a diverse group, just not one expert. You know that on certain things, I, we've got a really good diverse group that you know we all know a little bit, a little different than the other. You know, and and uh, that really helps us do a better job. Mike, I'm 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 gonna start with you on the next question because you kind of touched on this already um, in terms of kind of the how the process has improved. Um, so could you provide details on the process that was specifically undertaken to revise the latest edition of the manual? And and for both of you, could you talk about your your respective roles in that process? I am chairman of the of the safety smart force, have been for a while now. The process is we, it, you know, things got backed up a little bit because mm. of uh, because of the uh, pandemic. Uh, right. We, we uh, got us a, a year less started. You know, it took us a year to get going, uh, but it but it was okay really because we we follow the National Electric Safety Code, as far as uh, when they're doing their updates, so it fit very well. We typically start out with a meeting uh, at the APPA offices. Uh, which we did, and uh, that gets us going. We we then had several uh, Zoom meetings, uh, but we had three or four other in-person meetings, one in Minneapolis, uh, one in uh, Tennessee, 
We had another one down in uh, South Carolina, I believe. Mm-hmm. And in that period in time, we, we, we gather those information, created subcommittees uh, to work on specialized pieces of the manual that, that were, had lots of changes within them. And then the, we brought the subcommittees together to start the process of uh, placing it within the manual and where, where it goes in the manual. John, did you have anything to add? Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I agree with Mike. It's you know the process is 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 really fine tuned. Initially, uh, when I first got involved with the APBA safety manual, it was basically who whoever was in the room who who could make the trip, and if you had enough people from your area that you know that that's the way the vote went. So uh, with you know the new process now, you know you have to be asked to be on the committee and you get vetted and. And now it's a it's a much better process. We you know we vote about it. Uh, you know we don't always win you know what we want, but it is well run process. Um, and then you know on the clarifications, you know every safety manual we like to think it's perfect when we you know print it. But and I hope this one you know this one is going to be perfect. But the others, you know, as soon as I get it, I start reading through it and I see just little things that need fine tuning. So, you know, we all start just marking that up on in our safety manuals and we'll highlight it or, or make notes. So when the next revision cycle comes around, uh, we have those notes and we do change proposals and anybody can submit, you know, change proposal. You just, uh, APPA has got a, on the website has, uh, you just put your name in there, uh, what rule you're wanting to change or alter or update or enhance and the reason why, and then uh, typically, the first meeting we uh, we start going through them, and I forget how many we had in this one. It seems like it was over a hundred, and so we, go, so we go through those, and then we start fine tuning. Uh, you know, you wouldn't think the definitions would be a big deal, but we spent a lot of time on the on the definitions. Also, uh, Mike and I, uh, I'm vice chair, he's chair. Uh, we typically, if there's a safety rule interpretation request, it gets sent to me and him, and then if you know, we want more involvement on it than we send it out to the whole committee. And we make notes of those. So if we have a certain safety rule that seems to need a lot of interpretation or explaining, you know, we make notes of that and uh, we try to reword it so it can be, you know, crystal clear. And so that's kind of what we do from revision cycle to revision cycle. So, John, let me uh, start off with you in terms of the, the next question I have for you guys. Um, what well, you know, what would you say are some of the key changes or additions in the new edition of the safety manual? I'll just touch on them, and, and then if, I'm sure I'll miss uh, one or two. But you know, like I said, the definitions we went through uh, those with a fine tooth comb, I, I guess, basically. And then uh, the job briefing. One of the big changes on that is uh, the committee felt like that that we wanted it to be uh, documented. So it actually says job briefing shall be documented. Uh, we thought OSHA was going to do it. We thought the code was going to do it, the National Electric Safety Code, but neither one of them did. So APPA stepped up and you know we did that. Uh, I was pleased with that. Uh, we had a subcommittee looking at the aerial lift devices. You're looking at uh, not energizing boom tip. Uh, you should insulate the uh, conductor from the boom tip. Uh, also, side strain. We basically uh, went through the owner's manual of airlift, and we uh, we got some uh, professional comment from um, uh, some of the equipment companies. Also, we we looked at the battery uh, energize uh, energy storage systems out there with the antennas and stuff. Also, the uh, the RF 
uh, the communication facilities, uh, communication workers, and, and small cell equipment. And then we got into, we uh, created a whole new grounding section, section 514, that en encompasses all the all the personal protective groundings. And uh, we addressed, uh, you know, getting visual uh, visual air gaps, uh, you know, when feasible or when possible. So that's, that's a lot and a little bit. I'm sure I'll miss some. Just real quick uh, follow-up with, with respect to energy storage. Is that something, I mean, I guess that's the technology is, is changing so rapidly that you probably have to address that in the next uh, iteration of the manual, right? Uh, yes, correct. Okay. Mike, did you have anything to add on this question? Yeah, I, you know, John covered it really well. I, I, uh, the only thing that I would say on, on like grounding, you know, that it's, you know, that people know that it's not new, that, that it, we've just brought everything into one section. One thing that we've, I think is really good in the grounding section is we've, uh, the subcommittee really did a nice job of of creating some really nice procedures. So it's it's more uh, uh, more t detailed procedures that that have always been there, but kind of uh, created uh, you know some questions of how they really should be doing it. Other than that, yeah, you know the the whole manual was put together to try to harmonize itself with with the National Electric Safety Code. So you know what. One thing good in the manual you're going to see is is it, it does uh, have to do with the National Electric Safety Code. It has a reference there pointing you to the right direction on the NESC. Other than that, you know, I, I, John covered uh, all those things really good. You know, one thing that uh, shook uh, shook things up a bit. Uh, John mentioned it is the RF. You know, on small cell and in five G situations and and. We've talked a lot about that of, of, of possibility of them putting uh, equipment up into the uh, up into the supply space. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that. So, Mike, I wanted to start off with you for the last question I had for both of you, which is, can you provide some real world examples of how the safety manual is utilized? Well, I think the, the first example is, uh, you know, John and I both uh, try to get our membership to uh purchase these manuals and that that they keep them in the in the vehicles you know, and, and making sure that that they understand everything that's important within the manual and we get everybody to create a culture that they're, they're saying you know they're 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 following the rules 100% of the time you know we know that's probably not realistic the 100% part but that's our strive and I, I think we've done a really good you know the one is really to point out this this grounding that I just mentioned. I think that will have a huge impact on people understanding how to ground properly and isolate properly and, and test properly. And I think those are the big additions that we put into the manual that, that nobody else does. And I, I think as a practical component, that's what makes it more user-friendly than the rest. John, do you have anything to add? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh I agree with Mike. It's here at ECG. You know, we use it as a part of our apprenticeship program. It's issued as it's it's one of the books that we give uh, to our apprentices, and we pull questions from it. So, people, you know, when they attend our apprenticeship program, they actually go through the manual and ask answer questions. Also, we it's a part of our monthly safety meetings. Uh, we do the same thing. We pull questions, and uh, you know, the guys kind of have a little competition who can who can get most of the answers right. So 
it's very much a part of you know what we do. You know, I think I think the benefit is that we it mirrors the OSHA standards and the NESC, and then and then some. So the chances of you putting a code book in everybody's hand, they're about 200 and something bucks or an OSHA, you know, standard that can get hard to read at times. Uh, That's where the APPA safety manual is just a good fit for each, each individual uh, to have one so they can, you know, see where the stuff is coming from. And and like Mike said, we reference back to these OSHA standards and the NESC code. So if anybody says, you know, where did this come from? Well, they can look back and see. So, it's just a a good all around utility uh, safety manual. And I did think of one other thing. So now the seventeenth edition of the manual has has come out. You know, one of the things you guys mentioned is that this this is not this is an ongoing process. It's not like you're going to just start. You know, four years from now. So I mean, what what's what's kind of like the the next big milestone in terms of the next edition? Even though we've just come out with the seventeenth edition. I mean, what are you guys going to do in terms of kind of organize, organizing for, um, you know, looking at revisions for the next edition? You know, one thing, and John mentioned it, uh, one thing that starts happening right away is, you know, we, we hope that it's 100%, but it's not, or there will be questions within the manual. So we'll be getting calls or emails questioning different pieces of a manual. John and I handle that sometimes if we keep notes mm-hmm. of those uh, throughout uh, throughout the years and on a course of course that goes to the the committee too at times and we all keep notes so the rebuild actually starts right away mm-hmm. uh, and and you know we have a uh, we will be starting training on that uh, appa will be part of that course and there'll be questions out of those meetings and uh, on changes or adapting something different that that we may have mentioned in the manual that needs to be there or may need to be taken out also that where we missed miss something there. So it starts right away. Right. Well, John and Mike, thanks so much for for walking us through the manual. I think it's been really helpful for, for both of you, given your your deep knowledge and experience with the the manual process to 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 hear from from both of you. So thanks so much. Thank you, Paul. Sure thing. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Sure thing. To order the safety manual, please visit publicpower.org and click on shop or email products at publicpower.org. Thanks for listening to this episode of Public Power Now, which is produced by Julio Guerrero, graphic and digital designer at APPA. I'm Paul Schimpoli, and we'll be back next week with more from the world of public power.